When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up here. There's something we should all be doing. It's going to improve your life, make every day a little bit better. And that is eat more Reese's peanut butter cups. Yes, think about it. All the gurus, all the coaches out there, they've never said the words, eat more Reese's. I mean, that combination of sweet chocolate and salty peanut butter. I mean, this is something that brings other people and ourselves joy. That's why there's two in a pack. Shop Reese's peanut butter cups now at a store near you, found wherever candy is sold and often in my pantry because I love these. How is your sock drawer looking? I know when I open up mine, it is a sad scene. There's lone socks, holy socks. Well, guess what? It's spring cleaning, which means Bomba's Spring Collection is here, and they have new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They've got stripes and florals, all new, vintage colored rib socks. I love them. They are the best sock your feet have ever been in. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bomba's. Head on over to bombas.com slash bonkers and use the code bonkers for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O- com slash bonkers. Use the code bonkers at checkout. Joni Mitchell, safety deposit box keys, and what the hell does plush mean? All this and more on a brand new How Did This Get Made? Last Looks. Places, everybody. Hit the theme. All you plush division actors, I'm your host, Paul Shear, and welcome to this special, supersized edition of How Did This Get Made? Last Looks. That's right, it's supersized because we took a little bit of a hiatus over the July 4th week, and today I'm going to address your issues on both hypnotic and sleepover. That's right, this is our Barbieheimer. We are combining two very diverse movies and going to talk about them here on the show. By the way, I don't get all the talk about the Barbieheimer. Like, I get it in a general sense, but I feel like we, we don't have that much to talk about that we're so excited or weird out about how to watch these movies. We have such an allegiance to both things. Here is a clip I want to play for you of Tom Cruise being asked this question on a press line for his own movie which movie he was going to see first. Everyone's buying tickets for their own movies. I know we want to save movie theaters, but truly, it's gone out of hand. Listen to Tom Cruise have a little bit of a meltdown. Are you going to watch Barbie or Oppenheimer first? Oh, yeah. No. Uh, if you, you had know, to choose one, because there's a bit of a no, debate. No, it's, what's great is, is you're going to see both on the weekend. I think it's like, you know, I, I haven't quite decided. It'll probably be like Oppenheimer first and then Barbie, I think. I think it's like you want like... Oppenheimer is going to be on a on a Friday. Do you know what I mean? And then you you can go. I'll probably see it in the afternoon. You want that packed audience, and then I want to see Barbie right afterwards with a packed audience. So Friday is like, you know, I used to plan my days where you start out early in the morning and you go to movies all day, and I like doing that. You know, and I'd go from one cinema to the next, and I'm going to do that. So I'm going to see them both, both opening day. That's good advice. I feel like in that clip, Tom Cruise was trying to say, oh, I want to see Oppenheimer first because it's going to bum me out and then Barbie's going to lift me up. But I feel like he caught himself in the middle of that and then tried to basically say he was going to watch one with his right eye and one with his left eye simultaneously. Uh, Anyway, I don't mean to take any any shots on the great uh, on the great cinema choices that we have uh even though we are on strike right now that's right writers actors we are on strike and uh we may have some changes to the show but nothing that you probably will notice so i probably shouldn't even have mentioned it but if we are talking about changes there's a big one that just happened and has nothing to do with anything i just talked about um stitcher premium is gone it's done and it's a shock to me 
as much as it probably is to you. A lot of people have been asking, well, what do I do? I I will pay for your back catalog. And I'm just going to say, we don't know what we're going to do yet. Uh, what we are planning on doing is opening up a lot more episodes that are available right now. We're still going to do our matinee Mondays. And we want you to voice what episodes you want to hear in those matinee Mondays. We're not going to pull out the entire catalog just yet. We have to figure out a plan. We were caught, and now we're going to figure it out. I don't know what we're going to do, but when I do, I will tell you what the plan is. Now, enough about that. Besides talking about Hypnotic and Sleepover, we also are going to go deep because Jason, June, and I, we, we took a weekend together. We didn't go on tour. We didn't do anything, but we all went up to see Joni Mitchell in her first ticketed event in over 20 years. It was magical. Jason and I will talk about that amazing weekend. And we're going to talk about next week's movie. Plus, we have an exclusive bonus scene, which we will play at the end of the episode. But first things first, a big shout out to Andy Jacob for that amazing theme song. Thank you, Andy. We love these songs. If you have a Last Looks theme song, send it to How Did This Get Made at Earwolf.com. But, but keep them short. 15, 20 seconds. Live in that world. Brevity. Soul of wit. Anyway, uh, just a heads up. We are going on tour. New Jersey, I'm looking at you. We added that date late. We're going to be in Red Bank, New Jersey. Tell your friends. Tell your family. We might even have a very special guest. If what I'm working on comes through, oh boy, you're not going to want to miss it. We also have a special guest on our first night in Boston. And I'm going to say this person is a how did this get made all-star. So every night is a great night. Limited tickets are available. I think that we're almost at 97% at every theater. So, so close to selling out. But there are still just a few seats left everywhere. Uh, but New Jersey, I'm looking at you. Red Bank, get the word out. Tell your friends. Come on, people. You're down at the Jersey Shore. Come go see how did this get made. They're a bunch of good kids. Anyway, uh, let's get into it. During our last two episodes, we talked at length about hypnotic and sleepover. We had questions, and we might have even missed a few things. Here's your chance to set us straight. Fact check us, if you will. It is now time for corrections and omissions. Hit the theme! It's time for corrections and omissions. We got a couple things wrong. But we're going to fix that right now. That's why we're singing this song. We're going to take a couple phone calls. Maybe you know something we don't. Perhaps you can change our opinion. Corrections and omissions. Our bad. Wow, I love this name. Thank you, Brash Menagerie, for that great tune. Uh, first up, let's talk about hypnotic. We're not going to be so scattered that I'll just go back and forth between hypnotic and sleepover questions. That would be confusing. We're going to focus first on the Ben Affleck Robert Rodriguez film Hypnotic, a film that, according to Discord user Bubble Alchemist, should have had the tagline, you actually really like this movie. <laughs> I guess. I like it. Anyway, thank you, Bubble Alchemist, for that alt tagline. Let's go to the Discord. GT75 writes, as a banker, the robbery scene was driving me nuts. Safe deposit boxes require two keys to open. There's a guard key, which the bank employees have and use with all deposit boxes. And then there is a customer key for each box that only the customer has when the box gets rented out. Stealing a manager's keys would have been useless for Ben Affleck, short of breaking into the client's home to steal the customer key. There'd be no way for that teller to steal the box. I know it's a construct, but... It is one that could not have taken place at all. Well, I guess what you're saying is, GT75, the memory writers, the construct builders, were shitty writers. They didn't do their research. They didn't do their Nolan-esque research into how a bank works. And I guess on top of that, Ben Affleck is dumb enough to just go along with it. Anyway... Uh, Chunk Style, that's Mitch Kappa, writes, Since the construct starts out with Ben Affleck thinking they're in Austin, then they flee to Mexico, does that mean in reality they had to drive around in circles in a golf cart for four hours? And did the hypnotics give Affleck and Braga some sort of privacy when they hooked up? Or did the hypnotics watch like pervs from that balcony? Oh, Mitch, you know that everyone was watching 
that hookup. I mean, it's gross. I mean, they're hypnotics. That's how they get off. You know, they get off by watching. That is like their OnlyFans. Setting up a construct and watching people fuck is hypnotics OnlyFans. It's a part of the movie that they really wanted to get in there, but they ran out of time. I'm so sorry. Sean McBee writes, the inherent flaw with the entire movie is that what the division wants is for Ben Affleck to figure out who Lev Delrain is. So the division constructs a scenario in which they tell him that Willem Fickner is Lev Delrain. Then... Rather than looking for the actual location of his daughter, he spends his time in the scenario looking for William Fickner. Furthermore, if they don't want him to realize that he's a hypnotic, why introduce a concept of hypnotics in the scenario at all? Why did I... <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Why not have a straightforward mystery for him to solve around figuring out Lev Delrain, which totally sounds like a normal and real name that a human person would have without any of the division hypnotic stuff. Yes, you're right. Why not just say, here is a clue that we have. It's a picture of a missing girl. It says Lev Delrain. What does that mean? God, this movie is dumb. Anyway, let's go to the phones. Mike from San Diego. Hey, Paul, June, and Jason. Love everything you do. Uh, This is Mike from San Diego, originally El Segundo. There's an obvious connection that nobody talked about, about Hypnotic and your first uh, quarantine movie, Bloodshot. They're basically the same movie. Uh, Both protagonists are under a simulation by an evil corporation um, to do their bidding. You know, Vin is trying to, he thinks he's trying to find the person who killed his wife. But really, he's bumping off uh, Guy Pierce's competition and then Affleck and, you know, trying to find his uh, hidden daughter. Anyway, thought it was a great uh, connection or a mission that was no one brought up. Uh, thanks. Love everything you do. Bye. You are exactly right. <laughs> I, You know, look, I love Vin Diesel and I think Vin Diesel did a great job. There's been a lot of movies that have similar plots, but... If you asked me to describe the movie Bloodshot, I would not have remembered it at all. You brought it all back to me. Wow. Look at that. Look at that. Drafting off Bloodshot. I remember Bloodshot was like the first movie that came out straight to VOD during COVID and everyone bought it. Everyone was like, yeah, baby, Bloodshot. And you're like, oh, okay. It could have. It could have been something. That and Wonder Woman 84 really, really were... uh, blows to the to the the system is like oh i get access to this stuff but it's it's not good it's not good anyway uh so many great hypnotic corrections and omissions but coming up after the break we've got more questions more comments more concerns about sleepover stick around today's podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. I love Squarespace. I'm in the middle of trying to balance my business life and my real life. This work-life balance, it's tough, but Squarespace has been helping me by giving me the tools to reach my goals and have time to celebrate. That's right. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online with the guided design system of Squarespace Blueprint. You can select from curated layouts to styling options, optimize for every device, get your website discovered fast with integrated optimized SEO tools, Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay. Plus, with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about. You choose your tone and enter what you need to get auto-generated perfect text. Anyway, I love Squarespace. I've been building sites with them from the beginning. And when I launched my book, I said I'm doing it all myself on Squarespace, and I'm very pleased with it. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com bonkers to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Today's episode is brought to you by Cap'n Crunch. Who said the kids get to have all the breakfast fun time? Break away from the ordinary with Cap'n Crunch and bring back the spirit of adventure to your mornings. Everyday life can be stressful, but a tasty bowl of Cap'n Crunch is an escape from morning monotony. Enjoy the bold flavors like original Cap'n Crunch, Crunch Berries, Oops All Berries, and Peanut Butter. Plus, the crunch you love is now available in cinnamon, and it is delicious even in a sea of milk. The crunch of Cap'n Crunch is epic. Yes, my family is all in on the cinnamon Captain Crunch. I didn't think you could make it better, but they did. I love my Captain Crunch, and now I love sharing it with my kids. Join the crew for your next breakfast time crunch venture. Get Captain Crunch's new cinnamon crunch now at a retailer near you, and learn more at captaincrunch.com. 
I recently went to the Telluride Comedy Festival and I was sick and tired of staying in the same kind of cookie cutter places. And I went on Airbnb and I found a perfect spot for me and the family. We had an amazing time because we felt like home. Then I realized, wait a second, what if I could give that feeling to someone else? Yes! That's the best part. When you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. That's right. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who have never thought about it or didn't even realize that their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and you can make someone feel great and make a little bit of money too because we all need a little bit of money and maybe your talent or your gift to the world is having a killer place. So if you have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back, people. Before we get into the sleepover last looks, let me just tell you, I'm a part of this uh, amazing organization called the Union Solidarity Coalition. Like I mentioned, Hollywood is on strike right now, and the people that are not going to be affected by our new contracts once they finally happen are our crew members. That's right. Teamster and IATSE brothers and sisters who have stood with us in solidarity are going to lose their health care because they are not getting the hours to work because all productions are shut down. So me and a group of people got together to form the Union Solidarity Coalition, which is going to try to find some union solidarity and raise some money for people affected by the strike. We just had an event last weekend where we raised over $195,000, $195,000 for our IATSE and Teamster crew. And now we're continuing to raise money by starting an amazing auction. This auction is a celebrity auction like no other. You can have Nick Kroll call you in the voice of one of your favorite characters. I will pick your fantasy draft order. You can go on a walk with June Diane Raphael. You can eat corn dogs with Brett Gelman from Stranger Things. He plays Murray. You can get a vase from Seth Rogen. Smoke weed with Woody Harrelson. Justine Bateman has products that she's knitted. Lena Dunham has a, a, a quilted bikini up there. There are so many great things. If you're a fan of the Arrowverse, you know, the CW show Arrow, Mark Guggenheim will do an hour-long Zoom with you. Maggie Gyllenhaal is going to do a Zoom. Weird Al Yankovic, Daniel Radcliffe, all these people have given up such great stuff, not to mention autographs, Spider-Man posters, and Spaceball posters. It is truly a wealth of great, great stuff, and 100% of the proceeds go to the motion picture television fund healthcare so we can take care of our crew members who stand in solidarity with us now back to the show all right welcome back we've left hypnotic in the past time to delve into corrections and omissions for the movie sleepover a movie that according to discord user anna smithsonian could have had the tagline of sleepover colon not police approved uh, okay. <laughs> uh, if y'all remember Police Approved, that was the, the, uh, the dating site that the girls were on where they had to police approve dating site. Anyway, thank you, Anna Smithsonian, for that alt tagline. Let's go to the Discord. Danimal, what do you got? So many of the cringy moments from the film were talked about in this episode, but there was one I noticed that went unmentioned. When the girls arrive at the high school dance, one of the teachers gets on stage and makes this announcement. Almost time for the big dance contest, and remember, anything goes. So just pretend that Mrs. Withers and I aren't here. What is with the creepy teachers in this town? You're right. I didn't even think about that. That's so bizarre. That's like Milk Money Bizarre. Remember what happened to Milk Money at that end dance with uh, Terrence Stamp and Melanie Griffith? These kids, no wonder Footloose came out. They need to control these kids. Dancing is evil. Dennis C. Abrams writes, our hosts, oh, our hosts, very formal, Dennis. Our hosts talked about the barefootness and the skateboarding, but not the barefoot downhill high-speed skateboarding. How could she have stopped or slowed down that skateboard without losing all the skin on her feet? Dennis Abrams, you are so right. Uh, that's our diehard moment. That's why we get connected to that character, because our feet are all torn up. We, you know what? We all want to sleep over, but we all know that uh, you'll do anything to get it. And, and one of the things you'll do is rip off the, the bottom soles of your feet. Also, maybe she's just super fucking calloused. Maybe she just wears too tight shoes. Maybe 
she wasn't affected at all. And that's a whole other movie. Anyway, Dr. Guts, 1003 writes, perhaps this was included in Paul's timeline and not just mentioned in the episode, but from the moment Jane Lynch leaves the house for the night, it is pitch black outside. The movie takes place in June. There should still be some sunlight until 9, 9.30. Well, Dr. Guts, I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong because that may just be where you live, not like just in general, 9, 9.30. I don't think it's as, not, not bright out here in LA at 9, 9.30. Somebody fact check that, not me. All right, let's go to the phones. First up, Juliana from New York. Hi, Paul. This is Juliana from New York, but I also traveled all the way to New Orleans to see your show, the Hard Target show. Loved it. I had a question because Sleepover is one of my favorite movies. I watched it when I was a kid. I think I was around eight when it came out, and I thought if you would have asked me then, I would have told you it was a perfect movie. I rewatched it before the show, and obviously I realized it was not. It was very corny, um, but I did have a couple questions. First of all, what is plush? I mean, I've never heard that term in the 2000s, and also I only associate that with uh, mattresses, so I thought that was odd. And second of all, did no one else think it was creepy that the fact that he just showed up in the treehouse. First of all, how do you get up there? Because that thing, like, collapsed on top of the house. And second of all, I just thought it was a little odd and creepy. But anyway, thanks so much. Love the show. Can't wait to see the New York show. I'm very excited. And thanks. Well, Juliana, I don't know. I mean, plush, the way that I've heard it uh, referred to, could be, like, thick. But if I look online, plush also means, and this is the slang term, smart comfortable, expensive. All right, so that feels more more in line, right? So plush could also be like hot, awesome, fat, cool, dope, slick, ill, neat, good, soft and fluffy, stuffed animal, or stuffed toy, or just a nice way of saying a larger person. So there you go. Uh, that's what they say. I like plush as being expensive. I feel like that feels like in the tone of the film. All right. Wow. So many great corrections and omissions this week, but there can only be one that is the best. And boy, oh boy, two different movies, two different things I have to think about. So many great ones. But you know what? I think the winner is simple. I think the winner is easy for me to pick. And that is, of course, going to be Sean McBee. Sean McBee, this theme is for you. You win. You win. But you're still cool. The reason why Sean won is because he brought up the smartest point. If you're trying to make somebody forget that they are hypnotic, don't remind them they're hypnotic. Anyway, thank you, John Wenzel, for that theme. Thank you to Sean McBee for that observation. And now I'm going to tell you something to do. Because if you want to get in on this, if you want to get a theme like that made for you, well, just go to our Discord at discord.gg slash HTTGM or... Call me at 619-PAUL-ASK. That's 619-PAUL-ASK, not Paul-ASK. That is a private line that I'm using a lot more now because of the strike. Uh, You can submit alt taglines, chime in with your own thoughts, whatever you want to do, Discord and 619-PAUL-ASK. Coming up, Jason and I will chat about having the time of our lives seeing Joni Mitchell. Plus, I will reveal next week's movie. And at the very end of the show, I'm going to share an exclusive deleted scene from our hypnotic episode. So... Stick around. Here's the thing, people. Walmart Plus is the membership that saves you time and money on the stuff you'd expect, but also on the stuff you don't. Let me explain. Did you know with your Walmart Plus membership, you can save money on gas? Yeah. Save gas while you drive the kiddos to soccer practice, plus visit your in-laws, plus venture into the wilderness, plus wherever you want to go. Because Walmart Plus also saves you time and money with 
free delivery, perfect for ordering new remote batteries or coffee when somebody finishes it without telling you. And then, you know, it's all your snacks that you have stored in the back of that pantry for movie night. How dare they? Plus, you can actually even save on the actual movies with a Paramount Plus subscription. Stream Top Gun Maverick plus Mean Girls plus Jack Reacher plus so much more because savings is what this whole Walmart Plus membership is all about anyways. Members save on gas plus free delivery plus Paramount Plus plus so much more. Start a free 30-day trial at www.walmartplus.com. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions, $35 order minimum, Paramount Plus essential plan only, separate registration required. Here's something that we've known since the dawn of bread. Everything is better sliced. Let me explain. Slice a pineapple, you get a blast of fresh fruit. Slice some jeans, get some jorts. That's why the new Captain Morgan Sliced went all in on four bold, deliciously sliced cocktail-style flavors, including pineapple daiquiri, strawberry margarita, mango mai tai, and passion fruit hurricane. Try the new Captain Morgan Sliced because sliced is better. Visit CaptainMorgan.com to find sliced near you. Does not contain real fruit or juice. Captain Morgan Sliced, premium flavored malt beverage with natural flavor and certified color. Captain Morgan and Co. Plainfield, Illinois. Please drink responsibly. 21 plus. When you're thinking of hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching. And you know what? Did you know that 70% of users don't even visit other leading job sites? If you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. LinkedIn knows that small businesses might not have the time or resources, so they're constantly finding ways to make the process easier. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate in 24 hours, and they even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash valuable. That's linkedin.com slash valuable to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, welcome back. Just a reminder, every single week, we are releasing an old episode from The Vault. There is no vault anymore or no access to The Vault anymore. So now it's up to you to help us pick what you want to hear on Matinee Monday. Head to our Discord. Tell us on social. Whatever. We're going to give you the best of the best. Um, But last week, we had a replay of one of my favorite episodes, Teen Witch, with special guest Deanna Chang. So keep on checking out those replays every Monday. Now... You probably heard us mention in the sleepover episode that uh, we saw Joni Mitchell right before the movie, and it and it kind of affected us while watching it. So Jason and I sat down to chat about this amazing concert and a lot more. Tom McWaters, play us into Just Chat. We're gonna have ourselves a conversation. Just chat. No quarantine or vaccination. Just chat. Paul and Jason, a couple of cats. Just chat. Just chat. Just chat. Jason, it's been a few weeks. And here we are. Here we are once again. We haven't talked about this on the show, but you and I experienced a night <laughs> unlike any other I don't recently. even know. Here's what I'll say. I would love to talk about this. Um, to talk about it without June is going to infuriate I June. know. We should I know. do a last looks about okay. the fact that we saw, we went to Seattle and we saw Joni Mitchell play live at the Gorge, at the Gorge. Amphitheater, which was stunning. It is Unbelievable. The venue is unbelievable. It is like a concert venue on the edge of the Grand Canyon. It's like fucking it, absolutely gobsmackingly, disgustingly gorgeous. Oh man, alive. It was <laughs> it was stunning. Like I was really just basking in the glow. And for people who don't know, this is the first ticketed Joni Mitchell concert in over 20 years, right? Joni Mitchell had an aneurysm in, I think, 2016 or 2015 mm-hmm. and, and was was in decline and then has kind of, through rehabilitation, kind of been coming out of it. And Brandy Carlisle, the, the artist Brandy Carlisle, 
has really been kind of, I feel like, you know, engaging in these jam days, these jam sessions where a lot of, you know, cool people go over to Joni's house and they all just play music together. And then Joni joins in. And so... And I think a a lot of people probably saw about a year ago, maybe two years ago, the Newport Jazz Festival. This was the first kind of public outing of Joni Mitchell in a long time. She came out on stage with this grouping of people and performed with Brandi Carlile. And it was... Awesome. It was People incredible. Lost their minds. It was incredible. It was a surprise appearance. That was the other thing. Yes. It was a surprise appearance. And 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 you know, like you said, Joni hadn't been seen in years. Um, and that in and of itself was this huge thing. And so then they announced they were gonna do this this concert. And it was sim- the same setup, a jam, and it was, you know, um Brandy Carlisle was kind of facilitating it along with a lot of the people in her band. Um and then By the also way, yeah, I left a Brandy Carlisle fan. Like I went in going, oh. oh, I know her, and she's I like her. She's fine. Like not fine, but yeah. like, I didn't have an opinion solidly. I just like, oh yeah, I know that some songs and that's great. But I left a massive fan. Oh yeah. Well I, like, I went to yeah. the night prior. I you guys weren't there the night prior. The night before right. the Joni concert at the Gorge was a Brandy Carlisle concert. Just right. just Brandy Carlisle and her band, as well as some of the special guests that joined for the Joni concert as well, uh, joined Brandy on Friday night. And that was, was Annie a, Lennox there. Annie on Lennox Friday was night? there. Annie, Annie Lennox. Yeah. Wow. Annie Lennox. Wow. What control of that instrument? Annie Lennox came in both nights. And just demolished. She was so demolished good. Demolished in a way that, look, everyone is singing. Everyone is up on this. It, it was, again, one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. I, I am pretty positive that you'll all be able to see it because I believe Cameron Crowe yes. captured there it. Was, it for, there was, uh, yeah. I counted seven at least cameras on it, and oh. I saw Cameron Crowe there. So okay, um, I saw four drones. Yes, like capturing it. Yeah. Now, how were your seats? Oh, they were good. I was in like the yeah. front uh, center kind of. Oh, you know, so so good. We were on the we were a little bit on the side, but down low there, it was great. But Annie Lennox, it was, it, it was Annie Lennox because the other thing that was cool, and I shouldn't have told you that was the mistake I made on Friday night. Um, Brandy Carlisle brought out both Annie Lennox and Sarah McLaughlin, um, both of whom sang their own songs with Brandy's band, which was also great. Um, But on Saturday night, I wish I hadn't told you that Annie Lennox and Sarah McLaughlin had played the night before because they would have then been surprises to you on Saturday night because it It, was so fun when they just showed up. Um, But Annie Lennox singing Ladies of the Canyon and then um, Sarah McLaughlin playing piano and singing Blue was just incredible. First of all, can I just say one thing about Sarah McLaughlin? How does she look younger? Then she looked in Stunning. 1992. Marry me, Sarah McLaughlin. Uh, wow. I was like, her tendrils were stealing the show. She was, Those and like she, little wisps. The first night she came out, because again, totally a surprise, unannounced, right. came bounding from side stage barefoot and just came out and sang Sarah McLaughlin songs. Like, it, uh, was, that, it was great. But she sang Blue beautifully. Um, I mean, just... I mean, everybody just got up there, and I will say this, and you are much more of a connoisseur of music. I enjoyed what I saw at the Newport Jazz Festival. It was amazing. But I will say the difference between Joni Mitchell at Newport and what we saw on Saturday at the Gorge was uh, night and day. Like I feel like I was blown away by her performance. She was being a rascal. She yes. was telling stories. She was talking, telling stories about Bob Dylan and Van Morrison. She was, t- she was, doing, she was doing jokes. She had Prince stories. Went, oh, Wendy and Lisa were both there um, uh. and told great. They told great stories about being in Prince's band. And I loved the story that Prince hired Wendy and Lisa because when he heard them play, they sounded like Joni Mitchell, and he loved. Yes. Jo- in a way, they were telling stories about how important Joni was to Prince. You know, and that was well, cool. The the fact that she told the story about Prince coming over to her house, sitting at her piano mm-hmm. and starting to play a song, and Joni's like, "What's that?" Yeah, and he's like, 
it's a case of you. Yeah. He's like, and she's like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like she, she had the energy of the most rascally grandma yes. that you've ever had. Like to the point where sometimes I was a little bit nervous. Like, is she going to say something that she shouldn't be saying? But she was, oh, she was fully in control, mischief. fully funny, mischief. mischief. She was, and that's the difference. And her voice. She's saying, uh, like, because, you know, her voice is not as good as it, it, it has been in years it's past. It's changed. You know, it's her voice changed. Absolutely. Her voice changed just in general from the, the high alto that she had during the folk days. She even changed it through drinking and smoking purposefully. She always wanted to sound like a, have a deeper voice. So even when you mm. go from, you know, like Ladies of the Canyon to Hajira or Don Juan's Reckless Daughter, that's two different voices. Never mind than Turbulent Indigo and the albums later into the 80s and 90s, even different People were mad at me because I uh, made them play Twisted on the way uh, to the the venue, which is like when she's doing like, like the way Twisted sounds, it almost is like the theme for um, (laughs) that Fran Drescher show, like The the Nanny. nanny. (laughs) Yeah, it has like a little told me that I was right out of my head the way he described it he said I'd be better dead than life. and it's great it's a great song it's yeah a, it, you know it's um but you realize like how much she has done and oh, different yeah. ways that voice, she is saying her yeah. voice this weekend sounded so much stronger than it did at Newport so much so because you know you've got people there's so much uh, the band, the the duo Lucius was there the two singers oh, yeah. Lucius and a lot of times if you watched Brandy or Lucius or other people were doubling Joni's voice were yeah. not doubling it subtly doubling it to you know to to, right. to fill out um uh, where Joni was missing uh, pieces or was joining and she would kind of come in and out. But then Joni just solo sang Summertime and yeah. it was incredible. She sang well, a number of songs on her own and just was, it was devastating. As somebody who does live events like yourself, I, I'm always impressed by how people put together a live show. Yeah. And this is a live show that has like a lot of question marks to it because obviously they're going to tape it. They want to do it right because the Newport Jazz Festival, I think, was a surprise appearance. They weren't really prepared for it, even though they were releasing an album for it. And I feel like Cameron Crowe set her up for yeah. such success. Totally. Because the way that it was built and structured was if Joni was at 60%, it would still be a hundred percent concert, you know. You know, like there was an energy to it that she didn't even need to be there because everything around it was built to be this other thing. It wasn't maudlin. It wasn't sad. It was fun. It was happy. It was light. But what I got out of watching that and and Brandy Carlisle, great MC throughout the whole thing, like adjusting mics throughout the entire festival, but uh, was that. Joni at points were pushing off people, almost like yeah. the idea of like, oh, let's let let's help you stand. Like, got it, I got yeah. it, I got it, and and so much so that you could almost see certain people like, oh wow, we weren't expecting you to jump in as much as you were. Or even oh yeah, she's when, no bullshit, yeah. man. Like Joni is no bullshit, and was like was back to that yeah, like you said, that rascally no bullshit vibe, and was like there to like have a great time, and she looked like I kept being like. She's having so much fun. Yes. You can 100%. see how much fun she's having. Even even when she wasn't singing, when when like um, when the artist Celise uh, who yeah. was who would who sang and played guitar, you, just Joni watching Celise was incredible. Like Joni was Joni, you know, like we've mentioned a number of people, but there was even more Blake Mills, I think unsung hero of the night. Oh yeah. Playing Joni's guitar. Um, Marcus Mumford on percussion, Matt Chamberlain, like one of my all time favorite drummers in the whole world. Matt Chamberlain. Unbelievable. When he showed up at Brandy Carlisle's set on Friday, I was like, shit, that's Matt Chamberlain. Um, incredibly, incredibly, incredible band. I needed you nearby because I like I spent the rest of the night Googling everybody up there. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you the one person I walked away with uh, with a real love for. And I even texted you about this. But the whole night is it's a Joni concert 
where people are leading the way, kind of doing covers, their own versions of it. Sometimes she's joining in, sometimes she's watching. She's also very active throughout the entire thing. But the one thing about this night is while it is a jam, everything that they're covering is primarily Joni songs or songs that Joni wants to do, like Love Potion number nine or Young at Heart, right? Joni doing Young at Heart really wrecked me. Oh, it was amazing. Now, we get to about mid-show, and Annie Lennox has performed, right? Uh, Just brought down the house. And then we throw to a man named Rick. (laughs) A man named Rick who was an ageless man who, if you told me he was just out of college or just going into a retirement home, I would say... Why not? Yes. Why not? And, And Joni was like, I don't want Rick to do one of my numbers. He's an, an emerging artist, and I want him to do one of his own numbers. Yeah. And it was, and I was like, ooh, I wonder what this is going to be. And he killed it. He killed he it killed with it. song. But it was, it was it's so... like, you know, what if your one song, you know, he's like a, he's, yeah. I, I guess, like one of the, he's one of, he's a friend of Joni's. He plays it all because they do these jams at Joni's house. Like, yes. I don't know, a couple times a year or monthly or something like that. I'm not sure how often, but, and he's a mainstay of those things. And for him to, though, come out and he's not a, a it's not a name that you would know. He's not no. a recognizable artist. Um, Rick Whitfield is his Rick name. Rick Whitfield. He's got, He's got two albums on Spotify. One is a Christmas album. Oh wow! Uh, and and one is uh, uh, you know another album he released a while ago. But imagine like your smokehouse. Yeah, exactly. Imagine you're used to playing the smokehouse, which is like a, a steakhouse restaurant here in L.A., and then you are playing for 20, 27,000 people at the Gorge. <laughs> your original song. Your own now, song. meanwhile, every every song, Big Yellow Taxi, yeah. you know, uh, Sex Kills, like all these songs are being played and everyone is so in and it's like, hey, we're going to do yeah. an original. And, and it's so clearly like Joni's want because she loves this guy. Oh, yeah. And uh, and I loved, I just loved that. I loved it. I loved that vibe because I think at the end of the night what I really took away from that event was anyone could have been there everyone probably wanted to be there but because they kept it to people like Wendy and Lisa and this crew this world that she's created they really captured the spirit of the jam so like there's another version of this where you just rotate in another famous person another famous person another famous person but they kept they really kept the core. I think truly the only two people that were outsiders of that entire group were Sarah McLaughlin and yes, Annie Lennox. Totally. Uh, and, and I was so glad that this was, it wasn't, what, okay, so, and that's such a good point. Uh, and just to piggyback on it, I'm so glad this didn't feel like a tribute to Joni no, Mitchell. exactly. Like, here we all are. We're all going to sing Joni Mitchell songs in front of her. It was, no, this is a Joni Mitchell concert. But uh, but everybody who's on stage, uh, the band, are also going to be showcased, you know. Yes. Uh, uh, and 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 yes, Annie Lennox and Sarah McLaughlin sang their their own interpretations of Joni songs. But beyond, you know, like Brandy Carlisle didn't even sing her own Joni song, you know. No. And a lot of this grew out of uh, uh, this is a bunch of years ago, maybe five or six years ago. Brandy Carlisle performed all of Blue a- as a concert, all of Joni okay. Mitchell's Blue as a concert. And so I saw Brandy Carlisle here at um, the Palladium, I don't know, in 2018 or 2019 probably, and she played a couple of songs from Blue, and it was incredible. And I was like, whoa, this is next level. You know that, side note, you know that Brandy Carlisle is incredible? I love it because now that you're a, a new fan, I, yeah. really, I really love Brandy Carlisle. She's done all this Joni stuff. She has also been singing with and is actively trying to get Soundgarden to go on tour with her as their lead singer. The remaining Whoa. members of Soundgarden. 
She's Holy played live with shit. them, I think, once or twice. She's played with all of the wow. band, but with just like a couple of songs, I think, at a festival, yeah. at, at something like that. Um, I'm not sure if I have all these details right, so I, forgive me if I'm getting something wrong. But I know that she wants to she wants to front some version of Soundgarden, which I think would be incredible. Well, that would be fantastic. I, I think what I really appreciate sometimes, too, and, you know, I think that there was such a period of time that I grew up where bands were too cool to kind of communicate with the audience a little bit. Sure. I've seen more of it lately, and I really feel like she put on a show that really brought you in and in a way like she described the show i I love this i think about this a lot she was like tonight you're gonna see you know when you shake a snow globe and you and you see the snow falling down around a house and you look in the windows and you wonder like what's going on in those windows like that's what you're gonna see like we're creating that and i feel like that was the vibe it felt so homey and small like there are certain people on that stage that are just friends of Joni. One yeah. guy who I think might be her boyfriend, another older woman who just seems to be a friend. They're not singing. They're not doing anything. They're just around. They have pictures of her dogs on stage. It was just, it was really, really cool. And it was so good that when I said to June, you know, she's actually playing in Germany in October. June's like, I think we should go. Uh, <laughs> I, I would go. <laughs> I mean, it would be amazing. Um yeah, but it was it really was. I love a and I, night. I I love that it's like it's not just we're honoring this person or like I said a tribute. Yeah, it wasn't or it, maudlin. It, it wasn't no. Like it wasn't it sad. felt it wasn't, very yeah. alive. It felt very uh, exciting and vibrant and alive. And it felt like from a place of what I liked about Brandy Carlisle in this regard and in also kind of the Soundgarden thing is I love to to your point. It's not she's not cool so cool as to not be a vocal fan of things yes and that's what i, know, I love yeah. you know like she is out there championing all of these other artists you know and that's what's and giving everybody their due and making sure everybody gets showcased and everybody it, it, like there's just something very there's a generosity to it that feels really impressive and that, and i think that's the case for a lot of musicians and bands now i don't think it's as as competitive or as like fuck them it's us kind of the vibes of the 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 older generations of of rock acts and stuff no yeah there's something really really amazing about like we're there because we're fans and they're there because they're fans like right like it's like it like, felt like you know, what i what i if you if you youtube there's a great video of Joni playing Coyote, one of my favorite songs off of my absolute favorite album of all time, Hajira. Um, in, I think it's in Roger McGuinn's house from The Birds. He's there. She's wow. playing it in front of Bob Dylan, who's just kind of like nervously watching her. And it, it's like, it reminded me of what I know of those Laurel Canyon days when everybody from Zappa to the Monkees to Joni to Crosby, Stills, Nash, uh, you know, Peter Tork, uh, they would all be, uh, you know, the mamas and the papas. They would, they all lived in the canyon and they would all go to each other's houses and jam. And that feels, and, and the the video I'm talking about on YouTube feels like that. And that's what Saturday night felt like. Well, let's end this last looks by kind of highlighting some things if you are engaged by this i know there's a great documentary about the laurel canyon music scene right it that, is like, yes yeah. but it's there's two of them the one that i think is that i like more is is a two-parter and it documents that whole scene and it's really very good the other one that I don't like as much is the Jacob Dylan one from the Wallflowers. Yes. And he assembles the like Godzilla soundtrack. Yeah. He assembles like Beck and a lot of contemporary artists to talk right. about to talk and there is a lot of talking about the Laurel Canyon scene and how impactful and important it was to the musicians of that generation. And so you see it's a little bit more modern people interpreting that stuff and talking about how important and impactful it was for them. That was a little less interesting to me. The one I loved is the other one that I think is called... 
Is it called Laurel, just Laurel Canyon? It might just be called Laurel Canyon. I can't um, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, I, oh I good. Oh, oh, they, uh, they, yeah, and, and this one's called Laurel Canyon. The official trailer is on YouTube. It's made by Madman Films, okay. which seems about right. Yeah, it's fantastic. That one, I really, I loved that movie. There's also, if you want to, um, go down the rabbit hole of live Joni performances. Um, there is a, She put out a... Um, a release that is the entirety of the Isle of Wight concert that is 1970 and is fantastic. And the one that I really love is Shadows and Light is what it is. Shadows and Light. Um, and that has like Jocko and Pat Metheny and oh, wow. um, it's a fucking, the band is incredible. It's late, I think it's 79 or 1980. I can't remember what year, but it's a, an absolute murderer's row in terms of the band and it's a great show and it's i think almost all of it is um is on youtube and and that's really incredible um as well as there are just a, there's a treasure trove on youtube of like Joni Mitchell live on the Dick Cavett show Joni Mitchell live on this show and it's you car you are you can chart the progress of Joni from canadian television in the late 60s all the way through to like now, you know, because people have put up YouTube videos, have already been putting up YouTube videos from Saturday night. It's, it is amazing. And you can also, yeah. speaking of like YouTube videos, you were talking about Brandy Carlisle and Soundgarden. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of, oh, like, is you there? have her oh, doing Black Hole Sun. Uh, you know, you have her uh, searching with my good eye closed. You know, there are there are things. And she has said in Rolling Stone, like you said, she wants to be Soundgarden's new singer. Yeah, uh, but I love that. What, what would you recommend to me as somebody who is now getting into Brandy Carlisle? Like, where should I go? Uh, or do you have any recommendations for me? You know, I would just, I, I mean, just, she doesn't have, like, you can just dig in. You know what Got I mean? It. Like, obviously, like, the last couple of albums have been hugely impactful. But, like, I think Brandy Carla has been making great music forever. So I think just just roam around and find stuff, you know? I love that. I now, think... she was a part of Highway Women, and that, and this is like... Invention. High Women. High Women. High Got Women is... No, it makes sense, because um, it's a play on the um, Highwaymen. Highwaymen, um, got it. Which is, you know, Willie Nelson, um, Merle Haggard, uh, which was the outlaws. Basically, all right. the outlaw guys did a the highway the highwaymen. So this was this is an answer to that. It's Marin Morris, um, Amanda Schreier, Amanda Schreier, um, Brandy, and some Natalie else. Hemby. Okay, that's who I'm forgetting. Um, and and though they're great, that's the that is the bummer that I I I'm I'm, I'm sad I missed. They played on Sunday night. At okay. the gorge, and I, I admit that was the one night I, I couldn't make, so I was disappointed. But I've never seen the high the high women, but I think I've seen them play. I've seen videos of them, and it's great. Their harmonies are fantastic. Well, I love this. This is a little uh, entry point in, uh, and of course, like we said, the Newport album is coming out that was just recently remastered. And uh, if you are yeah. at all interested, go, the the Joni Mitchell archive is incredibly active right now they've been remastering reissuing they're putting out box sets of stuff the Joni Mitchell archive is absolutely worth checking out if you want Joni stuff if you're obsessed with Joni Mitchell all right well then that's a little uh, a little uh table setting for everybody to to go on the journey that I that we are in our house are deeply in right now listening to a lot of this stuff uh and kind of trying to get back to that amazing feeling of that night. So a different last looks for you. And oh, uh, can yeah. I can I say Please. one last thing? Please don't be discouraged by the fact that Joni Mitchell's music isn't on Spotify. Yes, I, I she found pulled that it out. off. Yes. She pulled it off when Neil Young pulled his stuff off, and a bunch of other people did. Um, and it's not gone back on yet. But you can still find it. You can still support Joni by going to other places. And by the using, way, it's on Apple. It's on it's, Apple Music. It's on I, like, all the other streamers. You'll still find it anywhere. You can you can stream this music. Don't be discouraged by the fact that it's not on Spotify. What I will say though, yeah, is what you will find on Spotify are amazing covers, like Bonnie oh, yes. Raitt covers, and they're like she is truly, you know, probably one of the most covered artists of all time. Uh, and, oh yeah, and there are and some there are really... so many songs that their most iconic version is someone else's version, like See, Woodstock. Yeah. 
A lot of people don't know that Crosby, Stills, and Nash Woodstock is a Joni Mitchell song. Wow, look at that, you see? I'll, and one, I'll go one further. Not only did Joni Mitchell write Woodstock and Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young performed it, but Joni Mitchell wasn't at Woodstock because she had to stay in New York to, to film the Dick Cavett show the next day. And so she missed oh, Woodstock. So the song Woodstock is written out of, like, FOMO. Like, the, wow. the she wrote Woodstock because of everything everybody was telling her about it. And she felt so jealous or upset that she hadn't been there. She wrote the song, the definitive song about Woodstock having not been there. She's the best. Come on. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, we'll check in with you next time. Goodbye. All right. Thank you, Jason. Uh, now that we got Hypnotic and Sleepover out of the way, let's talk about next week's movie. We are going from the end of middle school to the end of the world. That's right. Next week, we are watching Absolution, starring Mario Lopez, Jamie Presley, and Richard Grieco. Here is a short breakdown of the plot. Most of Earth has been destroyed by an asteroid, but a small military colony called New America has managed to survive in the Arctic. By the way, I did not know that from the actual movie. When a soldier goes missing at the colony, authorities send an undercover agent to investigate. There are no reviews for this movie on Rotten Tomatoes, so instead we turn to Letterboxd, where user Fred Coleman writes, This movie is full metal dog shit. <laughs> All right, let's take a listen to the trailer. An alien invasion. Brian K. Murphy. That's me. Andy Quintana. It's my duty to welcome you to Fulman Military Academy, New American Colony. A futuristic army. Only one man can save the human race, Mario Lopez. I obey any and all orders you command. Jamie Presley. I've been here all night, and I haven't been ravished once. Absolution. All right, we are now at the end of this episode. Before we go, check out this bonus scene from our hypnotic show where we talk more about the actors in The Division. If I'm in the division too, because the division the is way, essentially a repertoire group of actors. Like it's just a group of actors acting. It's and Patty Lupone, it's Kevin yes. Klein. It's and I found it shocking that there's only been one child because actors as a whole are very horny people. Yes. They're always but having sex with each other. And so only two hypnotics well, ever had a baby? Well, here's something I want it's to talk to you about. It's against the law? Well, here's what I'll say. I want to talk to two of these points. First of all, it does... <laughs> Guys, I'm having a great time. I, um, I really was like, this movie's so dumb. And I'm like, oh, man. I, I love I, it. I was looking, I was watching the movie, and one of my notes I wrote down early was, where are all the fucking people? Like, this must be a COVID movie because there are no background. Like, very, very, uh, very empty scenes. And then I was like, oh, 36, 36 hypnotics. They can't fill all the scenes. They got to like... Mexico City. Yeah. Like, except well, then they City. put them all, they put all of them into that one. Because he's moving from elevator to thing, the thing, the thing. They got to get basketball. They got to get, they got to, you know, they're driving well, around town. Mexico, they all could just run in. You know, yes. Okay, so all I'm saying is that that is the reason why there's not that many people. Uh, I think it is against the law in the hypnotic world. Um, now, but I want to ask the you audience think it's against the law for the red blazers to have sex with each other? Yes, to produce. <laughs> to produce so they can have but, sex for well, pleasure. What they do yes. say, what, the, what they do say. What they do say is that... I also love that you said produce and not produce. reproduce. Well, they produce Wait. a lot of great stuff. You like guys, this construct. You guys can fuck, but you better not produce. But, but did oh, you... Oh, I'm not going to Ralph's. I'm going to Gelson's for its produce. I just want to also speak to June's point. I, want to say, I really want to say to you, June, what an honor it would be to be the bank teller because... You're working on your craft. Your job in real life is to go up to the CEO, the prime minister. You have to be like, I need my instrument oiled. Like you want to be getting these small parts. I am the bank manager. I am the hot woman. 
Uh, yeah. The temperature hot woman. And, I, I, and to me, what a great honor to play all these roles. Listen. What better way to learn? And maybe that back lot is their training grounds for new hypnotics. You, what you're absolutely right about is is to be at the division is basically like going to Juilliard. It's it's getting a MFA. It's getting because- Michael Shannon was a hypnotic. <laughs> And it's so interesting because actually these hypnotics have probably, well, I don't really know. I can't speak for them, obviously, but not a lot of interest in acting and performing. And so that's it, all they do. that's what I'm saying. That's what's so fascinating about watching their work is that they, their whole job is to get into other people's minds, not to like embody others. I thought. Yes. No. Oh, no, you're right. That No, they need to embody. Now they do because of circumstance. But right, but I think their thing is to make people in the world do their bidding. Do their bidding. So it's like what, when Tom Cruise puts on the mask in Mission Impossible. He's like... I he's, think that's true, yeah. Yeah, it's like he's hypnotic, but he's got to use a fucking mask. They don't but need to you know what mask. Tom Cruise doesn't do when he's about to go on a mission? What? He doesn't say to Ving Rhames and Simon Pegg, places everybody. <laughs> He fucking knows what he's up to. He's not. I'm he's, sure. Thank you, thank you I, two minutes. Thank you, too. Thank you, too. I'm pretty what? positive. I'm pretty positive somebody clapped their hands together and said, it's showtime. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for our show. Please remember to rate and review. It helps. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, make sure you are following us. You can visit us on social media at HDTGM. A big thank you to our producers, Scott Sani and Molly Reynolds, our movie-picking producer, Avril Halley, our engineer, Casey Holford, and Jess Cisneros, who makes those amazing social media videos. All right, thank you so much, and we will see you next week for Absolution. Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.